Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. I'm Pastor Allen. Good to see everyone. Um, we started a new series called Inside Out Way of Jesus last week. We'll finish up next week before Easter. And it's kind of a prepping us for Easter. Today's topic is humbled to be exalted. That'll make a little more sense in a few minutes. Last week, we started talking about <clears throat> your mother lied to you. Things that your mother told you, not because she deliberately lied, but uh, just things she believed because her mom told her. And evidently, we're still doing that, right? Uh, some of it's wives' tales. And uh, she didn't mean to, and we did, just believed it because we were told. Well, that's true in other realms about more important things, especially things related to God. So Jesus comes along and said, you've been told some things <laughs> that aren't true. Uh, and here's how we summarized it last week. You know, you've been taught things all about what is on the outside, you know, following these different rules and looking good on the outside. But that's not what it's all about, not when connecting with God anyway. It's all about what's on the inside because it's what's on the inside that comes out. And this is really countercultural. It's also counterintuitive to us, isn't it? Especially the one today. Um, <clears throat> when we focus on the outside, um, we can get a faith that is. Um, hypocritical that isn't real and so I put on the screen faith is an inside out job it's what God God does on the inside that comes out of us in fact Jesus used this really insulting illustration he actually told these religious leaders like we learned about last week uh, Pharisees they were like whitewashed tombs and if you've ever been to New Orleans for example where the t all the graves are above ground you have these tombs uh, to put the bodies in. So they can be clean and whitewashed and look good on the outside, but what's going to be in the inside of all of them? These dead bodies, rotting bodies, stinking bodies. So Jesus says to these religious leaders that looked really good to most people that you're like this. You're rotten on the inside. You don't have uh, true faith. So last week we talked about brokenness. And so he said, God doesn't work around our brokenness. You know, I'm broken over here, God, so you've got to work on me over here. No, God works through that brokenness. And we said you, through our brokenness, in fact, we're all broken, but it's through our brokenness that God can bring us greater value. And we looked at a guy named Simon last week who was one of these Pharisees, looked really good on the outside, had Jesus over to his house. This prostitute comes in and just kind of... Uh, bears her soul to Jesus, and she's told that her sins are forgiven. Now, Simon wasn't told that at, at the end of the story last week. So today we're going to look at uh, the way to greatness, the way to significance, the way to success is not up, like we would think, climbing that corporate ladder, but it's down. Now this disorientation, disorientation, whatever that word is, thing is common in other areas of life too. A couple of pilots told me after, or uh, Air Force guys were telling me afterwards that you can get disoriented when you're in an airplane. And uh, the illustration I came across, how many skiers do we have? How many of you ski? Oh, not very many. You ever skied out west where the snow is really deep? Okay. Most of us don't think about this, but over 30 people a year die in avalanches. They just get buried in the snow. Well, one of the problems, if that happens to you, I'm going to tell you what to do, okay? If that happens to you, they get disoriented. There's a, one story of a guy who actually dug down 30 feet in the snow thinking he was digging out. 
And so here's what you do. You kind of get your hands free and you clear a space around your face and then you spit. <laughs> if the spit falls in your face, you know that's up, right? Just common sense. So if that ever happens to you, now you all know how to get out, how to, how to reorientate whatever that word is. Anyway, uh, some people are just directionally challenged. My wife is one of those people. If the way is probably right, she probably want to, feels like we need to go left. She's got a lot of great qualities, but that's, that's just not one of them. She's directionally challenged. So how do you and I get to that place of success? We would say to the top. Well, Jesus is going to tell us about, tell us a story. So it's not a real story. It's a made-up story to teach something. And, but the people would recognize it as something that happened. And he's going to teach us about two people that seem to be on, well, they actually are, <laughs> see, uh, on the opposite ends of the spiritual spectrum. We have this Pharisee again, different Pharisee, but a Pharisee, a religious leader. He looks really good. He does all the right stuff. And then we're going to have this other guy that is like the biggest loser in their society. So this story comes out of Luke. And this story, Jesus actually tells us what his point is right at the beginning. All right? He says, Jesus told the story of some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. So who's he talking about? And if you think he's not talking about you, guess what? He's talking about you. He's talking about me. Those of that think we've got it together, we've got it all figured out. Not only that, that's bad enough, but it's even worse that we think we're better than other people that don't have it all figured out. So it's going to be about two men, two men to the temple, a temple to pray, which is a logical place, the thing to do back then. One was this Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. And it's hard for us to comprehend this, but these guys were traitors, and they also stole from the people. So, you know, we have the prostitute down here on the social ladder. Well, the tax collectors below that, all right? Kind of comprehend that? They are at the very bottom. They are the most despised, the quote-unquote worst people in society in Jesus' day. So first we get the Pharisee uh, in the story. The Pharisee stands up by himself and prayed this prayer. It's implied he's standing up front and praying this prayer. Right? So it's good to pray. And he says, thank you, God. That's a good way to start, or a good part of a prayer, right? But then it's downhill from there, this guy. He says, I thank you, God, not that, you know, for what you've given me, but I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Interesting phrase, right? And he describes these other people as cheaters, sinners. Uh, he is one, even though he doesn't realize he's one. Adulterers, Jesus said, you know, if you, even if you lust in your heart, he's probably an adulterer too. But he doesn't think he is, right? So it's easy for him to say, I am not like those other people. I'm better than them. And most of all, certainly I'm not like this guy, this tax collector. He's the worst guy in our society. Now, it's interesting, he's praying to God, but what is his prayer actually about? Is it about God? It's about him. <laughs> he's praying a prayer about him. Now, it's just kind of hard for me to imagine this. You know, I, I'm praying and I'm thinking, okay, God, I, I just thank you I'm not like this guy that prays that he's not like other people. Well, wait a minute. 
I just prayed the same prayer, right? I just prayed, thank you, God, that I'm not like a guy that prays a prayer that I'm not like a guy. See, it's so subtle, it's so easy to do, isn't it? It's something inside of us that kind of gravitates to that. So I'm going to give you a few uh, ways that we do that, express that attitude. The first one's this way. <clears throat> You're not going to talk to me like that. Now, parents, we need to talk to our kids like, tell our kids that, right? They need to just treat people with respect and talk to respect. But this is more of a situation where, like your spouse comes to you and says, hey, you've got this problem. <laughs> and we say, oh, thank you, wife, for telling me I've got this problem. That's our reaction, right? No, that's not our reaction. Well, that's not my reaction. Well, I might have that problem, but you've got this problem. I become defensive, right? I'm thinking, you know, you're, I, I, I'm certainly at least as good as you, if not better than you. Uh, another expression, I'm not going to be the one to apologize. Again, especially in those intimate relationships like husband and wife. No matter, you know, I got my, my problems and I've got my part of the problem, but you're the bigger problem. Why is it so hard for us to admit we're wrong? We get so much farther along in our relationship, we just admit when we're wrong. Another thing, it's not me, it's you. Now, this is not talking about dating relationships, because in dating relationship, when you try and break something off, you're really not telling the truth. But anyway, in this case, we think we're better, right? Uh, I've got my issues again, but in this case, you're the problem. Now, I don't know if anybody else does this, but I talk to other drivers when I'm driving. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> now, what, the funny thing is, I don't compliment them on their driving. I don't say, hey, that's great, you're keeping the right distance behind me. I'm saying, hey, why are you doing tail tailgating me? Or, yeah, great, thank you for putting your turn signal on. Because they hadn't put their turn signal on. And of course, women, no, I won't go there. Uh, <laughs> statistics prove, but anyway. Um, what is that in me? It's not me, it's you. And my wife points out sometimes I don't put my turn signal on. So anyway, uh, a couple other things. It's not fair. You ever think that, ever say that? It's not fair. They got a, hit, a promotion I didn't. They got a raise. They got a better class of kids to teach in school. Uh, uh, they're healthy and I'm not. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Why is it so difficult for us to celebrate other people's successes? So I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad that you've got ahead. I'm glad that you uh, have accomplished this or accomplished that. Uh, maybe one more and we'll move on. Uh, two more. Did you hear about? And we don't say, did you hear about their great successes? We should be happy for them. No, did you hear about so-and-so screwing up or messing up or winding up in jail or whatever it might be? <clears throat> That's us thinking we're better than someone else. And another thing is I don't need help. I don't need help. Uh, we all need help. It's so easy for us to want to be, think we're dependent, right? We certainly need God's help. <clears throat> so this was the Pharisee. And we all have a little of that in us, or maybe a lot of that in us. But then he goes on with his prayer. And here's what he says. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of my income. Now, by the law, he had a fast once a year. So he's doing it 100 times a year instead of once a year. He's kind of upping his resume. I call it, you know, brown noser, right? <laughs> he's trying to brown nose God. He's trying to make himself look better. And, of course, 
tithing or your income was part of the law, so he was doing that. So what happens when we put the focus of our faith on the outside? Let me get a couple th- things that happen. First, we turn our faith into performance. <clears throat> We're defined by what we look like. So you judge how spiritual I am by what you see. And I judge how spiritual you are by what you see. Now, I, li- I, li- I like social media. Uh, we put our service, service uh, this church service on uh, Facebook. Facebook's nice. It's, it, it connects people. But the funny thing about Facebook is uh, we don't, when we go on vacation, for example, we don't put the fact that we argued with the kids and fought with the kids all the way down to the beach, right? We show them playing on the beach and us having fun or, or some disagreement you might have with your spouse. That doesn't go on Facebook. It's, you know, you're out on a date and you got smiling faces. It's really selective, right? And so sometimes we think we know people because of Facebook, for example, but we don't really know them. We just know what they want us to know about them. Right, it's only natural. But when we do that in our faith, it turns into a performance. Secondly, we compare ourselves to others. And we do this two ways. We compare up and we compare down. Now we compare down to make ourselves look better. You know, I do this, I got this. I'm happily married, they're, they're, you know, their marriage is a mess, whatever. So it makes, try to make ourselves feel better. But then we also compare ourselves up and we look at people that are, got their lives together and we don't, and we think, ah, you know, finally it could be like them. Now I found out something I didn't know before, most of you probably know this, but when you put pictures on Facebook, for example, you can use a photo filter to make yourself look better than you do? I didn't know that. So when you see these people on Facebook and then you see them in person, you wonder, whoa, it's not the same person. <laughs> you want to look better than you really are. <laughs> even, even, even that way. So technology even helps us. Lastly, uh, we put our confidence in our accomplishments. Now where should our confidence come back? It should come from Jesus, right? My, my, comp, my confidence, what I ever I can accomplish because of Jesus. It's interesting, this guy's prayer, he uses the word I five times. I did this and I didn't do that. And again, it was a prayer supposedly to God, but it was a prayer about himself. So God is not impressed with those who want to impress him. If your goal is to impress God, then God's not impressed with that. And this is what we learn from this story. So let's see the, the other guy, the tax collector. The guy that's at the bottom of the rung of the social lap. <clears throat> he stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. I can imagine the Pharisee praying like this. Dear God, thank you, I'm not like these other folks. He can't even lift his eyes as he prays and he's not up front he's off where nobody can see him and he says he beats his chest in sorrow saying God be merciful to me a sinner now why is that important because this prayer is real right this is emotion this is him acknowledging his state before God and asking God for something that he needs that he can't get for himself. Besides, what else could he do? Pray like the Pharisee? No, he he had nothing to commend himself with. 
Even though we're a lot like the Pharisee, we should be a lot like the tax collector because none of us have anything to commend ourselves with. Now, so then Jesus throws this monkey wrench in the whole story. Everybody's listening. He says this. I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, <laughs> returned home justified before God. And the audience is thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jesus, you, you must be mixed up. You, you, you didn't mean to say that, did you? I mean, this guy fasts twice a week. He gives it 10% of his income. You know, he keeps the law. The, the tax collector, we all hate the tax collectors. We despise them. They certainly can't be okay with you, God. Well, that's exactly what Jesus said, isn't it? And then he sums it up this way. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Will be. Future tense. But those who humble themselves, again, will be humbled or exalted. Future tense. So when we humble ourselves, because you can be humbled by life and by circumstances and by other people, right? But when we humble ourselves, that draws God's attention. So we can't wait till it happens to us. We need to be proactive and humble ourselves. Again, there's no substitute for humbling yourself before God. It's not prayer. It's not fasting. It's not tithing. It's not going on missions trips. There is no substitute for humbling yourself before God. Now, people come to, come to Deb and I sometimes for ca- counseling. And, and it's interesting. When people come often, they say, okay, what do I need to fix this? Tell me what to do. Which is fine. And there are things you can do. Financial peace. Take financial peace. There's, there's things you can do to get your finances in order. The problem is if you don't humble yourself and say, yes, I need help, and then do those things, it doesn't do you any good. And in a marriage relationship or some other relationship, if you don't humble yourself, if you don't work on you, it doesn't matter what steps any, any counselor may give you, it's not going to work. You can't make your case before God. The Pharisees say, hey, I, you know, look at all I do, God. We need to humble ourselves. I'm going to give you an example. I don't know how many of you heard of Nick Wallenda. He's one of the Wallendas, those acrobats. And he, he's a big tightrope walker guy. Anyway, here's a picture of him walking across part of the Grand Canyon. Um, back in 2012, he was the first person to walk across Niagara Falls. And uh, it was interesting, I was, I was researching, that same s- summer, he walked across the Inner Harbor of Baltimore in practicing for doing uh, the walk across uh, Niagara Falls. He did this walk in 2013. So he's a pretty famous guy, right? Lots of people show up to watch him do his thing. And uh, he's pretty famous. He's got like nine world records. Anybody here have any world records? Okay, so he's a lot famous than all of us, right? <clears throat> so here's what he does. He's a Jesus follower. And this is fa- I thought this was fascinating. So when the crowds go away after his, does one of his stunts, here's what he does. <clears throat> Three hours of cleaning up trash, basically debris, is good for my soul. So everybody leaves and he cleans up the trash all his spectators had left. Humility does not come naturally to me and doesn't come naturally to any of us, right? So if I have to force myself into situations, humble myself, that is humbling. So be it. I do it because it's a way to keep me from tripping. Interesting word, right? He certainly wouldn't want to trip 
on the tightrope. And he doesn't want to trip in his spiritual life, relationship with Jesus. So as a, as a follower of Jesus, I see him washing feet of others. I do it because if I don't intentionally serve others, I'll be serving nothing but my own ego. He's a great example, but who's the best example of this? Uh, Paul writes to us in Philippians about this exact thing, attributing this, of course, to Jesus as, as Nick did. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So what's his attitude? In his case, oh, he's God. He didn't think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up the divine privilege he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. You and I can't comprehend this. Can you imagine being God in heaven in this perfect place, all powerful, and then being this? It's, it, we can't comprehend it. It's, it's mind-boggling how humbling that would be just to become human. But that wasn't it, was it? That, all of it, was it? He appeared in, appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. If God, Jesus, God, Jesus would do that, how should we humble ourselves? Let me get a couple, quickly, a couple ways that we can humble ourselves. First, voluntarily confessing our sin. And we confess sometimes when we get caught, but no, stop pretending and be proactive and Voluntary confessor sins. Give selflessly and anonymously. I just love it when I, thought, I, I go around our facility here sometime and see something that's been done and I don't know who it is that did it. They just did it anonymously. Uh, thirdly, treat others better than yourselves. Whew, boy, that's a tough one for us to do, isn't it? Treat other people as actually better than yourself. Isn't that way Jesus treated all of us? He was better than all of us. Um, and then lastly, be willing to ask for help. Be willing to ask for help. We're all a mess. We all need help. Be willing to ask for help. So Jesus obviously did that, right? So what has happened as a result of that? Therefore, because Jesus humbled himself, even to the point of death, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor. So he went as low as possible, and God said, okay, I will make you the highest. And gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus is the Lord the glory of, to the glory of God the Father. So you can humble yourself or you can be humbled. Everybody one day will declare Jesus is Lord. So I put it this way on your outline. What credit do you and I get for kneeling when it's impossible to stand. We have choice now, one day. None of us will have a choice. Following Jesus is a humbling thing, right? I'm gonna do your thing, God, not my thing. This is the way I can connect uh, with Almighty God. This is the way I can get my sins forgiven. It's a humbling thing. And so every Sunday we invite you to step across that line and become a follower of Jesus you need to humble yourself to do that. You do it now, or you do it later. Every knee will bow. Will bow. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, I thank you so much for how real the Bible is, 
how well you know us, you know us better than we know ourselves. And this simple story can reveal so much about us. Uh, the word we, the Bible uses and we use is pride. A sense of a, you know, what we're worth on, in, in, in and of ourselves. You know, all our worth comes through you, Jesus, because we all are broken. We all are sinners. But it's through our brokenness we can be made of greater value. It's through putting ourselves last that you can make us first. Again, it's counterintuitive. It's not the way we think. But if we truly analyze it and think about it, it is true. So God, I would pray for each of us that we are humbling ourselves as Jesus followers or to become a Jesus follower. We thank you that you will will lift us up. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.